We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. One last time, the one, the only, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. Hopefully not the last time, just the last time in 2014, right? It's been a good year. I don't want it to end. <laughs> so, crazy how we haven't had a big correction of like four days in a row down. Uh, just, it's been too good. Is, is that fair to say too good? Or has the earnings been there to support it? Well, um, you know, no, the earnings have been there. Um, you know, you're probably going to see the S&P 500 uh, operating earnings, you know, up on the order of close to 10% uh, for the year, uh, which is certainly, you know, uh, pretty solid. Um, but then you layer on top of that, obviously, the very accommodative uh, Fed policy and the uh, continued um, uh, low interest rate environments in terms of Treasury yields. And, uh, you know, it ended up being a pretty good mix. For um, for the stock market, and so you're seeing uh, uh, the fruits of those efforts pay off here as the year comes to a close. With that said, let's start with some of the negatives out there. Um, China, it appears that they are slowing. Do you think China becomes an issue with slow growth in 2015? I think it, it would relate in large part to what um, might transform for its you know financial and you know its real estate sector really, and then how that you know, it carries over to the financial sector in China. You know, it's a pretty uh, shadowy system, uh, if you will, so you don't really know um, necessarily. But uh, but bear in mind, um, seeing, <clears throat> we've seen the issues with China slowdown uh, appear clearly in the commodities markets already. Um, so it's not, a, a, not going to be a complete surprise uh, that, you know, China continues to slow. Um, it's kind of going to be dependent uh, in part on the pace at which it slows, right? So, uh, and it's a little uh, the opposite of here in the U.S. You know, we're looking at um, the economy picking up, and uh, we think that the stock market can handle higher interest rates here, but the, the key issue will be at the pace at which those interest rates go up. Uh, in China, uh, the issue will probably be more at which is more the pace at which its economy slows. Uh, if it happens pretty rapidly, uh, then you could get some potential dislocations. But right now, it looks to be a pretty well-managed slowdown. <clears throat> Next big concern, and again, worrying about things on Wall Street is always a smart thing, knowing what possibly can go wrong. 
Uh, European Union, I, I haven't seen any data consistently out that says anything other than maybe some slight deflation slash, slash no growth. What are you seeing and what do you expect? Will it have an, an effect in 2015? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Rob, did you say that as it, as it relates to Europe? Yeah, just, uh, I'm not right. really seeing much there as far as you know, the European Union, Greece seems to be problematic, but we've seen that before, and this time the risk seems a little bit more spread out. It, it doesn't seem to me to be a crippling uh, thing for the world and for investing in 2015. Right. Well, and that's due in large part to the markets uh, still believing uh, the ECB, essentially, and its message that it will do whatever it takes to make sure uh, a deflationary um, uh, period you know, doesn't take root. And uh, so, you know, there's a confidence issue there that's going to be key as, you know, we look at 2015. And so a lot of uh, people are riding uh, on the hope that, you know, a quantitative easing program will be announced at some point uh, in the early part of 2015 by the ECB. Um, you know, it may happen, but we, we question, you know, whether it really will ultimately be effective when you consider how low interest rates already are in, in Europe. Um, you know, th there may be uh, more structural issues at hand there, um, you know, where you need to get, uh, you know, economic uh, conditions improved uh, so that you have higher labor growth, higher productivity growth, uh, you know, stronger loan demand and banks willing to make those loans. Um, so just kind of throwing more liquidity at the financial markets may not necessarily be uh, the, you know, the, the silver bullet that everyone's looking for. Um, it hasn't been for the United States economy. Uh, things have improved, certainly, uh, but, you know, we can clearly, you know, say that, you know, um, there's still room for, for improvement. You know, we're not growing above potential here yet, despite all of the liquidity the Fed has pumped into the system, primarily because, you know, the banks continue to sit on excess reserves and are not, you know, lending that money out um, with a great deal of, um, uh, uh, you know, freedom. And so... Uh, that's been restrictive for economic growth, uh, and because the banks aren't feeling confident about doing that, in turn, you don't have businesses feeling all that confident yet uh, about reinvesting in, in new capital to expand um, their productive capabilities. And so, so the turnaround's been slow, and so you're likely to continue to see that uh, play out in the eurozone, particularly as uh, people still fret about the likelihood, not the likelihood, but the possibility anyway, that you know the eurozone could slip into a deflationary trap. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. Um, oil seems to have been the story of the year. I could take a look back 12 months ago, and no analyst was saying it was going to be the story of the year. Um, that's the way it kind of goes on a typical basis. Uh, oil hasn't been this low since 2009, and if I remember correctly, 2009, weren't we worried about banks imploding and Europe bank imploding and world growth slowing as banks wouldn't be able to sell uh, loans to people. Are we in a situation where oil is telling us something? You know, I, 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 I think that there's potentially some latent financial risk, if not economic risk, in the crash in oil prices. Um, and I think, you know, what you're saying is, is, is also true. You know, you look at where we were five years ago and why oil prices were where they are. Well, um, you know, we're not at that point today. Uh, but in any event, when you see a major industrial commodity uh, collapse, you know, 50% over a span of six months, something's going on, you know, um, that just doesn't sit right. 
Um, you know, the market in June when oil prices were running, you know, 105, $106, $107 a barrel, uh, the market already knew that there was, you know, an excess supply situation. Um, so, you know, we, we have a lot of focus right now on the idea that there's too much supply, which is true, you know, um, but you just don't see major industrial commodities like that collapse the way they do unless there's something um, that, you know, is, is taking place that probably hasn't availed itself yet to the broader market. Um, I think it has probably something to do with the fact that there might have been a lot of leverage in play riding the idea that, um that oil prices would stay up, you know, that perhaps the dollar would not rebound the way that it has. But given that it has, you're seeing, you know, dollar-denominated commodity prices come down. And not just in oil, you know, but, you know, when you look at lumber and cotton um, and copper, um, those commodity prices have also come down this year as well. So we're admittedly, you know, concerned by that slump in oil prices. It will certainly be positive for the consumers. We all know that. You're seeing it reflected in lower gas prices. But um, you just have to be conscientious of the idea that something crashing in the way that it has usually has some residual effects <clears throat> that might not always make themselves readily apparent um, as the mass media starts, you know, focusing on the uh, on the collapse in oil prices. So stay tuned on that front. Okay. Anything else that you're working on, Mr. O'Hare, that you want to bring to our listeners' attention? Again, I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll be putting together uh, a year-end uh, summary here that I'll be posting to to the big picture column on briefing.com. That's that's my focus right now in what is, um, you know, admittedly a fairly slow week this week. Uh, the market is, um, you know, going to do what it does, but there's not a whole lot of participation this time of year. So just kind of going to wrap things up. It's certainly been a very interesting year, and as you talked about at the top of the interview, a really good year, you know, for the equity market. And um, there's nothing to complain about in terms of, uh, the S&P 500 going up uh, approximately 13% before dividends. So um, take what you can get and uh, consider it a good year for investors. Do you find it interesting? I saw a statistic today that IPOs for restaurants have done better than IPOs for tech companies. Um, and to me, that just comes down to investors are seeing millennials. They want to eat burgers. They just don't want to eat McDonald's burgers. Is there any story there that – Restaurants, burger restaurants are beating um, tech IPOs. Oh uh, gosh, I haven't, I haven't really thought about it that closely. I guess when I hear that, gotcha. you know, every, these millennials are eating out so much, and then the same, the second breath, we hear how none of them have any money, right? <laughs> but they're finding a lot of money to go out and eat at higher-priced, fast, casual restaurants than the lower price, say, you know, value chains like like McDonald's, but. So it was an interesting economic dynamic at play there, but I'm not really sure if it's really saying anything about you know the outperformance of those IPOs versus the tech IPOs. Thanks very much for the whole year, Mr. O'Hare. Take a little time off, spend it with your family. Happy New Year to you. You've, your content is invaluable. People can read your content at briefing.com. I start my day off every day uh, with his page one article. You can find it at briefing.com. It's just, um, you know, here's what happened in the world yesterday and today and what we expect things to play out as the afternoon unfolds um, as he said and you know I got a little excited when he said that he's putting together a year in review believe it or not I know most of you think sexy is going to you know Whistler and skiing for the holidays to me sexy is reading annual reports 
quarterly reviews, S filings, uh, how things went for companies, how the market, what to expect going forward. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find him at briefing.com. You can find me at robblack.com. I always have an event coming up. Check out the event schedule at robblack.com. We will teach us with